This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome to the show. Adam Ritz here with you and on the phone. As always, Mr. Jay Baker. Hi, Jay. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, we're well into a new year, so hopefully some of the resolutions are still uh, still up and running. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because uh, if you recall, uh, I probably shouldn't bring this up, but I'm just going to out myself right now. My New Year's resolution, due to something you said in one of our previous shows, uh, was to read one book per month through the year. Uh, Great. You you had a story on how uh, there was some program. If you read, you know, one book per week by the end of the year, you've read fifty two books. And while that sounded a little overwhelming to me, I said, you know what, I'll do one a month. I'll read one book a month. And uh, last week, and I was so proud of you. You were proud that you of me. Took that challenge on. Yes. So I told uh, I told Melissa at home about that. I wanted some accountability. And um, last week, she looked at me out of the blue. We weren't even talking about it. And she goes, "So what was the name of the book you read this month?" <laughs> Just give me the name of the book. Yeah. And I said, you don't well, have to do a book report. Just give me the name. So let me revise my um, resolution. My goal is to read eleven books by the end of. 2023. There you go. Well, you know, behind. Well, you know, that's an aspect of resolutions we didn't really talk about is you modify your resolutions to be more realistic to your lifestyle. You're still going to improve your your overall life. You're just not going to do it at the rate you want it to. So I guess uh, from here on out, the first show of each new month, I will do an update on how many books I've read. So here we are at uh, oh, the beginning good. of February. I've read none. Um, but I do want to you know, say, I'm, uh, in my defense, I'm not a, a doorknob. I, I'm kind of busy. I've got some things to do. I've got oh sure. I've got 15 jobs, uh, so it's not like I'm just sitting around doing nothing. And I have to watch college basketball, so that takes up some time. We've always um, talked about collegiate sports. Uh, they're so darn entertaining that, doggone it, it's drug our attention away yeah. from things that we should be doing. Okay, so book count uh, 2023, Adam Ritz, zero. Uh, we'll update you again in about four weeks. So, Jay, there was a great story this week. Um, you remember the song, Hey There, Delilah? I'll uh, hum a little bit of it for you. Hey there, Delilah. Na, 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 na. Remember that one? Yes, do I? Because uh, when you and I are in the office together and it plays overhead, you uh, remind me of just how much you truly loathe that song. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those songs. I loved it when it first came out. And then a week later, after I heard it 7,000 times, it had run its course. And I was uh, not really, I was a little sick of it, but uh, the song is back in the news, and this is an amazing story, and now I love the song once again. The singer is, um, oh, I had it right here in front of me, Uh, Tom, I think his name is Tom, uh, bear with me, Tom Higginson, Tom Higginson, I was going to say Hiddleston, but uh, Hiddleston, but 
that isn't he Loki? Uh, <laughs> he could be, yes. <laughs> or I'm one of the Spider-Men. I think he's one of the Spider-Men. But this guy's name is Tom Higginson. He's the singer of the band Plain White Tees. They had the huge hit Hey There, Delilah in 2006. Well, he was in the news last week for this uh, such a cool story. It went viral. There's a young girl uh, named Delilah who's suffering from uh, a nerve cell cancer. She's in a hospital in Los Angeles, a children's hospital. And word got to Tom Higginson that her favorite song is Hey There, Delilah. Her name is Delilah. So he uh, FaceTimed her and sang Hey There, Delilah to her. And the video went viral. Almost 20 million people have watched this video. And uh, it's it's one of those cool situations where he says hi to her. She's amazed. He says, I'm going to sing Hey There, Delilah. She's amazed. And then he, he says, well, wait a second. Uh, and he puts the phone on hold, and then he walks in the room. Oh, and that's cool. He's got an acoustic guitar, and he's right there in front of her, and uh, everybody was crying, and a bunch of selfies. And uh, 20 million views later, um, it's raised a lot of awareness for neuroblastoma, which is the nerve cell cancer that this young eight year old girl, Delilah, is uh, battling. So we want to say, you know, give a shout out and a hello and a thank you to Tom Higginson. Um, Tom, I promise I won't forget your last name from here on out. Uh, I certainly know uh, how to hum the song, Hey There, Delilah. And now that song is back in good graces with me. I might even listen to it in my car on my way home. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, it is a change of perspective. But no, that's a great story. And you and I know, like, some of these songs, I mean, they're so gigantic. And that's why, you know, you've always heard the phrase one hit wonder because the song becomes so pervasive. How on earth do you top that? You know? Right. Right. Uh, another uh, video, I guess, uh, in the video viral world, there's a YouTuber named Mr. Beast. Are you familiar with Mr. Beast? Yeah, you know, I kind of saw bits and pieces of this story, and uh, do, uh, hopefully you have more information on this, because this is kind of, uh, it was very interesting to me, so please tell me more. Well, I didn't realize Mr. Beast is the number one YouTuber uh, on Earth, and I'm sure, you know, you know YouTubers that can actually make a living. I have a nephew who is a YouTuber. He makes his living with viral videos on YouTube and TikTok. And uh, I mean, he, he does very well. And he's one of millions of people on YouTube that are doing this. Well, Mr. Beast is the number one top YouTuber. So the guy is pulling in millions of dollars through revenue share with YouTube and sponsorships. Um, I would say easily tens of millions, maybe even hundreds by now, because you're the number one person on that platform, YouTube. There is some serious money involved. And oh, yeah. what, what he's done through his career is he, one of the reasons his videos are so popular is because he gives away money. So I, I, the first time I heard of him, I, I saw his video where he went to one of these neighborhood car lots, you know, the, you know, near a, a strip mall, there'll be a car lot with maybe 20 cars on it, used cars for sale. Well, right. he, he films himself, he has a film crew, and he, him and his buddies went to the car lot and bought every single car on the lot, and then they paid the guy extra for them to use the car lot to resell the cars. And the guy that, you know, was happy as heck to sell all his cars, so he's like, yeah, I'll take the day off, here's the keys, lock up when you're done. 
So Mr. Beast and his friends sat in the little trailer that is the sales office of one of these used car lots, and they sold every car for $4 to people that came in. Wow. You know, and it was just a lot of the people that came into this type of car lot are down on their luck. Their car just stopped working. They need a car to get to their 10th job. Um, So whenever somebody would come in, they'd, they'd take the test drive with them and then um, the person would be like, you know what, I, I think I'd, I'll take this car. And he'd say, okay, it's four. And they'd be like, $4,000? And he's like, no, $4. <laughs> and these people were like crying. And that's the first time I've, I've heard of Mr. Beast. And that video I just mentioned, 50 million views, maybe a hundred. I, oh, I, I couldn't I even bet. get a million, a hundred million views. So, you know, he's got a formula. He does these fun videos where he gives away things, and then people like to watch it. And it kind of feeds the beast, uh, so to speak. So the more views he gets, the more money he's making, the more money he can give away, the more money he gives away, the more views he gets. And recently, he cured... Here's the headline. It's crazy. This is a headline from USA Today. A YouTuber... I can't even say it. A YouTuber cured... 1,000 blind people. (laughs) Yeah, that's the part that I saw. I just saw the headline. That's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? And it's like, what? You know, it's one thing to sell a car for $4, uh, but how are you curing blindness? And you dig a little deeper, and uh, he there, there are people that are legally blind that can have somewhat of a simple operation to restore their vision. The right. operations are simple to somebody that has the money to pay for the operation. So he paid for 1,000 people to get this simple operation to restore their vision. Uh, wow. Truly amazing. And uh, he, there were a few examples of, like there was a college kid, um, and when his vision was restored in the hospital room, in the recovery room, to check his vision, like they looked at an eye chart, and when he read off the eye chart, the eye chart said, you just won $50,000 for your student loans. So he, not only oh. did he cure the guy's vision, he gave him fifty grand for his student bills. Um, another person he gave $10,000 to um, when they woke up in the hospital recovery room. Uh, here's the, the criticism he's getting, and I'd love to hear your take on this. He films those people coming out of recovery. And then he puts those videos on YouTube, and those videos get clicks. They get a lot of likes. They get a lot of sharing and virality. And the more clicks those get, the more money Mr. Beast makes. So there are people that are critical of his altruism because they think or they're saying that he's just doing it to get more views and to make more money. What do you think about that? Well, you know, to me— I think people are fascinated by the human condition, if you will. And we all know how somebody might feel uh, if somebody were given a life-changing event, like you said, a $4 car or restoring their sight. I, I would think unless the person objects to it, why not show the honest human emotions of people that are given an extraordinary gift? So I guess I don't... if. As long as everyone's a willing participant, I don't right. see what the fuss is all about. Now, I, I don't um, 
Oh, part of me says, you know, if Mr. Beast can live in a fifty million dollar house on the beach, and a thousand right. and a thousand people can have their vision restored, I'm all for it. Are you kidding? I don't care what he's making. Yeah. Um, but here's part of the criticism that might have a, a little bit of validity to it is that um, the the people that are getting helped, the person that needs that, that is the person that falls apart with emotion because they just got a four dollar car that's going to help them get to their minimum wage job. Um, the blind person that can't afford the uh, operation that now has the operation is, and is overcome with emotion because somebody helped right. them to film that and put it on line somewhat um, exploits these people as, uh, you know, there's some exploitation involved here. Uh, and again, you hit the nail on the head. If they're willing participants, if they've signed off, uh, I, don't, I don't see the problem. But I, well, there, there I mean, is a little bit yeah. of smell to that. There's a smell I test get... going on, and I think there's some, there, you know, you, you want to pat yourself on the back for handing a homeless person a $10 bill. Now you want to film it and put it on your Instagram to show the world what a good guy you are? I, I, there's, yeah. there's me. I don't know if there's something to that or not. I, my, I still defer to I don't care how rich this guy gets as long as he's giving away money to other people that need it. Um, and he has been, you know, he's answered some of these uh, tweets. There's a lot of critical tweets about him. He's answered a lot of them and said, look, I am going to give away all of my money. Right. Um, now, maybe, you know, when, when he dies, uh, he, he's, he's giving away a lot of it now. Uh, and he swears that by the time he's done on planet Earth, he's going to leave everything he's made to charity. Well, you look at it, too. I mean, here's an idea guy that has some wherewithal who freely shares uh, his, you know, freely shares, you know, his uh, great advantage that he's had in life. I just, to me, I think we need more of that. Uh, and if you think about it, he's combining entertainment and philanthropy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some people call it performative altruism. Yeah, the, that, uh, that makes sense. And, you know, and I know, you know, nowadays I understand that people have a more critical eye for things. And, you know, part of the critical eye I sometimes bristle about, but I also realize not everybody sees things the way that I do. So sometimes I do appreciate uh, the counter viewpoint because you're absolutely correct. Some people could certainly feel, and maybe even the people that watch some of these videos might feel this is exploitation of someone who's down on their luck. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, now, do you think his, if, if he's married, is his wife's name Mrs. Beast? And does she, <laughs> does she tell well, people we've We've always speculated. Let's say you're an entertainer and your name is Meatloaf. Uh, is your spouse Mrs. Loaf? I Mrs. Mean, Loaf. You know, we've always speculated. Uh, and how could we not? How, how could we? Uh, if Mr. and Mrs. Beast have children, those are little beasties. The little um, beasties, sure. Yeah. I, he's he's uh, if he's not married, he's got to be uh, on high on a bachelor list um, with the with the amount of money that he's getting on his YouTube page, unbelievable. But now that I'm, you know, I forgot about Mr. Beast. I, I saw that story where he was giving away four dollar cars uh, probably three or four years ago, 
And was, I remember when you told me about that, and I found that to be really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, was, uh, just sl- from a standpoint of the spectacle of it and the fact that it was genuinely helping some people who needed help. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'll admit I was intrigued by that, but not so intrigued that I ever searched out Mr. Beast ever again. And uh, when this story popped up this week, I was like, oh, that's the guy that gave away the $4 cars. Now, I'm sure there are listeners right now listening to our conversation that are like, how do you not know who Mr. Beast is? He is, you know, he's the number one YouTuber. This is uh, akin to saying, like, what was, like, Sam Malone in Cheers. It was the number one show on television. How do you not know who Ted Danson is? Right. Um, So we're at the point now in pop culture where things are so splittered. You could be the most famous person in your industry and still have 90% of the country not have any idea who you are. So I'm sure there's listeners right now, some people going, who the heck is Mr. Beast? And then other people are pulling out their hair. He's my favorite. I watch him five hours a day. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like the listeners to the Adam Rich show. They know you're famous. You know, I'm on a list with Mr. Beast, with <laughs> largest on audience. List. I'm on, uh, he's on, he's not, he's on page one. I'm on page 500,000. But we, you're but I a, am on the list. <laughs> you're on a list of guys who love chocolate. Let's face it. We have a lot in common. <laughs> I'm on that list. Yeah. Oh, this is a great story about uh, a group of volunteers in Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, Bill and Priscilla Squires have led a number of charity drives. They're particularly good at it. And they and their neighbors just recently had a little thing they called the Blanket Challenge. And believe it or not, uh, I mean, obviously blankets sound great in the wintertime to help keep you warm. Blankets have become particularly expensive. So their uh, blanket drive in Reading uh, collected 75 new and 200 gently used uh, blankets, including a number of baby blankets, which they then turned around and donated to local charities. That's a great idea, especially this time of year. That's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. And uh, their particular blanket challenge also brought in other anonymous donors that donated food and money as well. So, you know, we've always said you may not have a blanket, but if you've got five bucks and they're sort of collecting, why not throw that in? So I thought that was pretty cool. I never thought of a blanket challenge and how expensive blankets are. You know, I have a lot of blankets in my house. In fact, uh, Melissa is uh, probably once a month, she'll say, we should give some of these blankets away. And some of them are sentimental. I mean, there's some blankets my kids had. I'm never going to part with them. I don't care uh, what happens or where I have to store them. I'm keeping them forever. Uh, But I've got some, you mentioned gently used. I've got some blankets that I would consider great, nearly new, that are folded up and in a closet. And I break them out just once a year when we're just having, um, you know, on a a weekend in the winter when it's just blanket day on the couch. Well, that, that only happens once every other year. So I can certainly afford to a part with some of these uh, blankets. That's a great idea. I, I'm going to look for these people uh, in their blanket charity. It's called the Blanket Challenge, you said, correct? Yeah, uh, and it uh, took place in Reading, Pennsylvania. Yeah, hit them up. I, I've got, I've, I've got, uh, I, I could, I could send them a tote of blankets and, and, and never miss a blanket. 
I would not wake up one day and go, oh, I'm cold. Where's my blanket? (laughs) Well, there you go. And that's why I've always said that's why I really enjoy reading about philanthropy, because it can come in so many different guises. And if you think about it, uh, you think coats for kids. Um, I think it's similar to the blanket challenge. You know, there are if you look in your closet, there's at least uh, two or three coats in there that you rarely, if ever, use or coats that your kids have outgrown or whatever. And a gently used coat goes a long way for somebody who doesn't have a coat. So I think it's kind of cool sometimes to even think of the I shouldn't say out of the box charities, but certainly, as you said, hey, if you do a blanket challenge, of course, there's people uh, in your community that are that have blankets they no longer use. And that's a great that's just such a great example of a charity that isn't top of mind. Like you're not walking in your house uh, thinking, you know what, I've got some extra blankets in here. I should give away to charity. Uh, If anybody ever brings up charity, a benefit, a foundation, your, your mind uh, could immediately go to, you know, cancer, breast cancer awareness, um, drunk driving, uh, you know, there's so many uh, wounded warriors. There's so many national initiatives that pop into your mind. And the last thing you, you think of are blankets. And you've got probably the average American has an extra four blankets in their house that they don't even really need or use. So, uh, I'm going to look into this. I encourage our listeners to uh, look toward a blanket charity in their area as well. And, and like you said, a coat, uh, coat charity, coat, uh, coat drive, coats for kids, all that. Those are great, great ways to also uh, incorporate a little uh, selfishness into the mix and clean out your closet and organize your life too. Well, the you know here in our local community, there's a very large coats for kids program that's run by one of the local television stations, and their corporate co-sponsor on this is a large dry cleaner. So what happens is they get the coats, run them through the dry cleaner, and then then they actually distribute them to needy people. So it's it's a win-win. Didn't you take a coat to a coat drive once, and they said no, thank you. They took one look at it. They, they, uh, they, they recognized it as a coat no one would ever want to wear. Uh, aren't you, Jay Baker? Could you please take this to a cleaner's? <laughs> Thank you for your time. Yeah, really, please. No thanks. <laughs> Next time, leave a can of food and get out of here. Uh, absolutely. You know, we talked a little bit about Amazon Smile, unfortunately, going away. It was sort of a passive way to give to the charity of your choice while you shopped on Amazon. And we know that everybody loves to shop on Amazon. But Amazon, in some cost cutting, is going to phase that program out here in early 2023. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's other ways to give back. While you're shopping, I should have known that. A great article was uh, just published in CNET magazine about several ways that you can give money while you do your shopping. And one of them is a company called Givebacks, and you find their information on givebacks.com. Also, igive.com. It's just uh, uh, igive.com goodshop.com and those are websites but you can actually uh, get the app shop raise 
the ShopRaise app. And also, this is kind of an interesting company. They've started advertising quite a bit lately. Have you ever seen uh, any advertising for Rakuten? No, I have not heard of Rakuten. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting name, R-A- K-U-T-E-N. Rakuten is, uh, has attracted, a, it's become a very popular uh, site to shop on. They actually have a number of initiatives on their site where you can round up while you shop and give money to some select charities that they've selected. Um, but it is an opportunity to sort of passively be able to give money while you're doing kind of what you were going to do anyway. So these um, givebacks.com, igive.com, goodshop.com, they are websites, uh, I, I guess, like Amazon, yeah, where you, you, can, go, is, yeah, you, you can go shop. You set up an account, yeah. You set up your account. They're uh, sort of a fil- – they filter to other – maybe Target or Walmart or whatever, and you can go buy your products through their platform. And then part of the, fun, the, I guess they add a little, just a few cents per item that then go into an account that end up you end up donating. Right. Yeah. So like it's a it. good idea. We talked a little bit too about how American Express has a very extensive program. Uh, their Roundup program has been very popular. So uh, you may want to consider uh, investigating that because we're not saying you need to rush out and get an American Express card, but it is kind of interesting to see where some high-end retail uh, re- retail partners are thinking in terms of, hey, people do feel good when they give to charity. And this is sort of a pretty passive way. If you think about it, if you're like an Adam Ritz and you're in there buying an Armani suit with your uh, Amex purple card, yes. of course you're going to round up and give to charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and that happened. <laughs> of course it did. When you're in there, the <laughs> Yugo Boss shop and you're you're taking advantage of some great fashions you know you do want to round up because you, you want to feel like you're giving while you're shopping i will say that i i would be more likely to do this than to round up in person at the cashier uh we have talked about this and i have you know maybe this is a character flaw and i should admit this but I'll, i i will uh when i'm shopping and i'm finalizing my purchase and I run my card, if the cashier or the machine asks me to round up for charity, that is a bugaboo. I'm not uh, I'm not appreciative of that. I just think it's another hoop to jump through. I'm just trying to shop and get home. And I don't know who your CEO is or how they're going to handle these charitable donations. And if everybody gives a dollar and there's a million people a day that shop, there's a million dollars that should be going to that charity. Is it bad, Jay, that I'm a little, you know, skeptical that that million dollars is all going to go to charity and not fill some uh, executive um, Porsche's gas tank? Well, we've always talked about that. You, Like you said, you have to have like a strong sense that this is worth it and that it's really going somewhere legitimately. And I um, don't feel guilty. Uh, some people do. I've had this conversation with some pals. Uh, when they're like, would you like to round up for blah, 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 blah? And I go, no, uh, I don't feel guilty because I give charity elsewhere. I, I, right. I you know, so 
there is some guilt involved when they ask you to round up. Um, some people don't feel. I have some friends that are like, "Oh, I always, I always round up because I just feel so bad. I feel so guilty when they ask me, and I say no." <laughs> right. Well, you know, I mean, that's what we've always talked about. Uh, you know, when it comes to giving, it's a very personal thing, and that's why. Uh, you know, go to some of these sites because I do believe that there's some choices that you can opt for for where you think that money should go. It's just such a, this is a different topic, but it's just such a cumbersome event now to check out. I think that's what my biggest problem is. When I run my card, I have to, first of all, say no, that I don't want cash back. Then I have to press not now when they ask me if I want to enter my email and join their email club. Then I, then I have to say yes or no on rounding up for their charity of choice, not mine. Then I have to, you know, there's just, just give me the receipt so I can go home. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, in some cases, you either have to opt for they'll email the receipt or they'll print it for you or what, you know, like you said, there's so many choices that you're like, all right, already. And if you're at a particular pharmacy, after you've spent 10 minutes pressing all those buttons, it takes another 11 minutes for them to print out your 15-yard-long receipt. Right, all which right, is oftentimes taller than you. Uh, this this, this uh, foundation charity discussion took a turn, and now we're just complaining <laughs> about our shopping experiences. Uh, thanks for coming on, Jay, and uh, sharing your knowledge of the public affairs world with all of us. And uh, if you'd like to... Uh, Learn more about this uh, show or hear any of our past episodes, you can do so on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.